0: Praise the Lord. Good morning, Brinesburg. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving to you. And so glad to have you with us this morning. And we have so much to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for once again this year. And most importantly, we thank him for our salvation. That while we were yet still in our sin, while we were yet still in our rebellion, that God loved us so much that he came after us because we couldn't get to him on our own. He came to us, He died upon the cross, He was in the grave for three days, and then on that third day, He victoriously rose from that grave. And because of that, we have everything this morning to be thankful for. For those of you that are joining us through television, and for those of you that are joining us through Facebook Live, we want to, want to welcome you this morning. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I am the pastor here at Brinesford Baptist Church, and we're so glad to have you with us today. For those of you on Facebook I want to remind you uh, there in the comment section, let us know that you're with us today. always love to know who is joining us in worship, so just let us know there in the comment section and any prayer requests that you might have as well. This morning, if this is your first opportunity for you to be with us here in our worship center, we want to welcome you as well. In the pew in front of you, there's a uh, little card. If you'll take that out, fill it out, and then place that in the uh, offering plate on the round table out in the foyer as you leave this morning, and uh, so glad to have you with us today. A few things I want to point out to you um, in your Sears catalog, I mean your bulletin uh, this morning. Uh, First off, this is our. This is Thanksgiving Sunday, which means that it is also Sunrise Sunday and opportunity for us to give through Sunrise to help those children who are the most vulnerable in our state who have experienced uh, abuse and neglect. And uh, we as, as Kentucky Baptists help to take care of them and uh, so thankful to be able to do that. And I hope you saw um, the, the promotional video before the service started this morning and, and the impact that you're having. Uh, in the way that you've supported Sunrise this year. Uh, of course, there was kind of a battle there of them being able to still be uh, a part of what the state is doing. Uh, but more importantly, we as Kentucky Baptists uh, want to have an even greater hand in taking care of these kids. And so, uh, if you'd like to give, you, you have that uh, opportunity today and you see that information in your bulletin. Also, in your bulletin, you're going to see an opportunity through uh, Bags of Hope. Uh, once again, this year, uh, you, you're going to have. Uh, 24 days to put together a Christmas uh, basket, Christmas box uh, for a needy family. And so just each day you can grab one of those items or you can go and grab all 24 items at once, Um, but an opportunity for you to put together one of these uh, meals for a needy family within our community and to be able to uh, help them to have a great Christmas. And so uh, notice that in your bulletin this morning as well. Also, we have a sign up sheet on the table, I believe it's the round table in the foyer. And that is for our baskets, for our shut-ins. Always a wonderful opportunity uh, for us to be able to reach out to them. And remember, when you sign up a shut-in, you're also signing up to make that visit, to take that basket when they're put together and to make that visit and to love on them for a little bit. And and, uh, and then the, the, visit, the visit actually usually means a whole lot more than the basket. And uh, so recognize that as you sign folks up. and, and thankful to be able to do that once again this year. And then a lot going on as we come through the Christmas season. Uh, We're going to have an awesome Advent season this year, just something planned every single week and you're not going to want to miss out on any of that. And of course on the 19th we're going to be having our Christmas uh, cantata, Christmas changes everything. And uh, I hope that you are, 18th and 19th, Uh, both of those. Yes, that's right. There is two nights, that's right. And so two opportunities for you to invite family and friends uh, to be a part of that. And so looking forward uh, to to that. Uh, Again, having a practice this afternoon, 430, choir knows about that. Uh, They're they're getting excited, and I hope that you will as well. So a lot going on. Make sure that you're reading uh, all those things that pertain to you in your bulletin. Again, many on our prayer list. Uh, This season of year is is an exciting time with family and friends, but also it's a difficult time for many families uh, that may be experiencing the first year uh, without someone. Um, who is in glory now and we want to remember those families this morning as well let's go to Lord in prayer Lord Heavenly Father thank you thank you for all that you have blessed us with Lord thank you for salvation most importantly, but also for our families and for our friends and for these homes that you've given to us this church home that you've given to us Lord thank you for the blessing of freedom in this nation and Lord, as we come together, Lord, we recognize uh, that we have been blessed more than we deserve. And we, we pray for those who are hurting, Lord, those that are facing surgeries even this next week, Lord, those who are continuing to grieve, uh, Lord, those that, that just need a special touch because they're, they're lonely right now. And Lord, help us to reach out and be the hands and feet that you've called us to be. Lord, this morning, I, I know there's a lot going on a lot of opportunities for us to give thanks, but I pray that. We would truly, in in each and every one of our hearts as individuals, just recognize uh, just all that you've done for us, the way that you have have sacrificed for us, that we might be blessed as your children. And Lord, help us to not uh, miss out on, on giving you thanks for any of the large or small blessings of life, because you are worthy, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. One of the great... Uh, reasons we had to be thankful today is for operation christmas child and this year uh, you're going to see here in just a moment the overwhelming way that you have blessed children around the world with these boxes Uh, this is a small taste and you're going to hear in the next few moments you're going to see just the overwhelming way that this church has reached out and said you know what we want to be the blessing to children because we have been blessed we want to bless others We celebrate this all year long, and these folks work all year long to make this happen. Uh, Tina and Karen and Joe ed and Mike and Kelly. And so, um, look at this. Isn't this amazing? Amen. Uh, Let's give them a hand just for their leadership in this. And and one of the real joys of Operation Christmas Child is the amount of prayer um, that is put into every step of this process. And so uh, right now I want to have Brother Joe Ed pray over these boxes and uh, pray for the kids that are going to receive these boxes. And what we talked about right there, the greatest gift, that they wouldn't just receive a box with toys, but they might receive uh, the love of Jesus and recognize him as their Lord and Savior.
1: I meant to bring you, get it and bring it, but I didn't. But with every one of these boxes, you may have seen it on the video, there is a booklet that goes with it telling them about the greatest gift not necessarily that shoebox but the greatest gift god gave to mankind and uh, it goes with every box that's given out and that is uh, that's really the reason the greatest gift is why we do this right here our kind father in heaven lord as we come to you we wanna thank you, dear Lord, for this day and the blessings to this day. Lord, we wanna thank you for the blessings that we haven't even received yet because we know how you love us and how you care for us. And Lord, we just thank you for all of that. Lord, these shoe boxes this morning, we pray that and know in our hearts that you know where every box is going. You know every child that's going to receive one of these boxes. And in receiving these boxes, dear Father, we pray that there will be their ones there to tell them about the greatest gift. And that's the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As these boxes go around the world, Lord, I pray that it may reach more than just one child. Their parents, their grandparents, their brothers, their sisters. That Lord, that the gospel would be spread throughout this world. So, Lord, we just thank you for using us for your honor and glory and getting these shoeboxes prepared and getting them packed up and sent out to be sent around the world. Lord, we thank you for all these things. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Singer, Sing the songs of thanksgiving and praise
2: for what he's done for us. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks.
0: morning as we come to this time of prayer at the altar we want to give you the opportunity uh, to just lift up your heart to the lord and whatever the need may be uh, i know that as we've said already this morning sometimes this time of the year can be one of the most difficult times of the year uh, for many families and for many individuals and uh, we want to uh, give you the opportunity to just lift up your heart whatever the hurt might be whatever the concern might be this morning maybe there's a loved one that you want to be able to share with this week as you have those times together And you want to be able to share the gospel with them. And you just want to be prepared for that and ask the Holy Spirit to go ahead of you and to prepare prepare their heart. Uh, But this morning, with every head bowed, with all eyes closed this morning, we want you to know the altar is open. If you want to come to one of these front pews, if you want to come here to the front, just spend some time just you and the Lord. Uh, Let's let's prepare ourselves for what the Lord wants to speak into our hearts today. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we do thank you for the fact that you meet us right where we're at. Lord, in all of our hurt and all the pain and, and all of the anguish sometimes that we feel, Lord, you're right there. And Lord, we are thankful that we don't have to be strong enough. Lord, that in our weakness, Lord, that we find you right there. And Lord, this morning, I know that there are many who may be struggling in a variety of different ways, and we lift them up. And, Lord, we are so thankful to know that you take care of us. And, Lord, we're thankful for our salvation. And, Lord, this morning we want to pray for those who don't yet know you as Savior. And, Lord, that today if there's anyone here, anyone watching, Lord, that doesn't yet know you, that today might be a day of salvation. Uh, Lord, but also we want to pray that you would give us the opportunity, even the coming week, with opportunities that we'll have with family and friends, Lord, that you would give us opportunities to share. And, Lord, that you would place within us a holy boldness to go and to speak the words grace and of mercy that you've given to us in the gospel and lord that even in this next week we might see a great harvest to your honor and glory lord this time is yours do as as you only can in the hearts and lives of all those who are here it's in jesus name we pray amen
2: this song's a great traditional thanksgiving song because it's so true count your blessings let's stand together as we sing and let's remember all he's done for us here we go When upon my fillers you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, singing, all is lost. But count your many blessings and them one by one, and it will surprise you. Thank you.
3: Well, I'm back, finally. Um, I've picked out a song that talks about blessings, but when we think of blessings, we always think about how they came around in a good way, and sometimes our blessings might not come around in a good way, and uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, and I think a lot of us has had some heartache over the years, um, sometimes we've got to think, well, maybe that happened for a reason. And that's a blessing. So uh, I hope you enjoy this song. Pray for-
0: Thank you, Hannah, and it is good to have you back with us singing specials. And glad to have that precious in the past year. And we're going to continue to focus in that way. This morning, uh, you will turn with me to Hebrews chapter twelve. Hebrews chapter chapter twelve, and we're going to be in verses twenty five through twenty nine as as we focus. On the subject of thank God for the unshakable. As you're turning there to Hebrews 12, let's go to the Lord and pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you again this morning. Thank you for the way that you have spoken to us, Lord, through this time of worship, through song, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity for us to celebrate the work that has gone on this year, uh, to be able to join you in this work of 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 bringing these these gifts inside of these shoeboxes to children all around the world and to recognize that this is an opportunity for us to then take the gospel to these children. And Lord, we do pray that they would ha- have a, an eternal impact on these kids and their families. Lord, we we thank you now as you have given us your word. And I pray that you would speak to each of us in a in a very clear way as uh, as we uh, go through Hebrews chapter 12 today and and as you speak to us about those things which are unshakable, those things which are eternally lasting in our lives, and that which is not, that's, that which will crumble and fall away. And Lord, I pray that we would make sure today, that we would make sure in our, in our hearts and in our souls that we have that relationship with you that is unshakable. To your honor and glory. Lord, I know I'm a very weak vessel. Lord, I pray that you might hide me behind the cross, and only you be seen and only you would be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder this morning, how many of you have had the glorious opportunity to travel I-24 between Calvert City and the Ohio River Bridge in Paducah in the last little bit? If you have had that opportunity, then you know that you have literally taken your life into your own hands. Uh, That is a scary place, is it not? Uh, th- there is just a lot of obstacles to getting from Calvert City to Baduca right now. I- I've noticed here lately, you know, one of the things you might see on that stretch of road is, is one of the semis with a wide load and, and the caravan that comes with them. And I'm fairly sure that they, most of those have some part to a UFO on them. Uh, what are those things? I-, I think that they've told me those are parts to windmills, but they are crazy looking. But somehow, that large piece of equipment is moving faster than me most of the time when I'm on that stretch of road. Also, being on I-24 in West Kentucky, you have the opportunity to dodge anywhere between 10 and 15 dead deer carcass. Uh, So so that's there. Uh, I've also experienced looking uh, to the side and realizing that the person that is driving next to me is watching Netflix, eating out of a fast food bag, and passing me on the right uh, all at the same time. And, and that's, that's a common, common occurrence on that little stretch of highway. Um, however, the most dangerous aspect of I-24 right now in that area is the eternal nature of road construction in that area. It will never end. I'm pretty sure of, of that fact this morning. And because of said road construction on that stretch of road, you are going to meet people who are going anywhere between 15 and 25 miles above or below the speed limit in any given stretch of road there. And so it has gotten so bad that they have now posted not just um, speed limit signs, but speed limit signs with flashing lights trying to tell you what the speed limit is but they've actually had to go beyond that because now the speed limit on that area is most of it's 70 miles an hour still but there's that stretch in paducah proper that is now 55 miles an hour and so there are spots now where there is the speed limit that is flashing at you but also they have installed a radar gun to allow you to know how fast you're going now many times that is not the same number um, And the reason for that flashing light, those yellow flashing lights telling you the speed limit and then what you are going is that you might do what? Correct your speed and put your speed where the actual speed limit is. That you would correct yourself to the proper speed. So these warnings have been placed there in bright flashing yellow lights. And yet, have you noticed this? Yet it seems they have little to no effect on the driving behavior of anyone. I've had people blow past me at 90 miles an hour. That thing's flashing at them, and it makes no difference to them. What, what it's flashing at them? Now, I would never go that fast. But it's flashing at other people. They needed to know that. Okay. But so, because, so many, because so many have chosen to ignore those warnings of those signs that have been posted, they have now had a police officer to be sent. He has been sent to wait for you. In his cruiser, Lots going the entire time. Those lights are going. You can see them for quite some distance. And he's sitting there as yet another warning. Those lights are yet another warning. Slow down. Come into the correct speed. Stop being distracted by all these things around you. And that that officer sitting there, if you do not correct your speed, what's going to happen? He's going to sight you with a ticket, okay? But the main reason he's there is not to give you a ticket, is it? That's not the main reason he's there. The main reason that he has been sent is to protect your life that you might slow down, that others might slow down, that they might correct themselves, and that lives might be safe. If you've been paying any attention at all over the past few months, almost on a weekly basis, someone or someones are dying in car accidents on that stretch of road. Because people will not heed the warnings. And so with all the warnings being ignored, one has now been sent As the final opportunity for you to be rescued from death. This morning, we're going to focus on Thanksgiving. And we're going to focus on counting our blessings. And again, this year, I have much to be thankful for. But again, this year, I'm most thankful for the unshakable faith in God that has been placed there. Because Jesus Christ himself came after me. While I was still in my sin, his word was placed before me. And in comparison to his righteous law, I was found to be in violation. You see, I was really paying no attention to the law, though. And so because of that, I loved my my sin, and I continued to rebel. And while I was still in that willful rebellion, you know what God did? God chose to send his son to me. And Christ, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, showed me the awfulness of my sin. And he drew me to himself, and and he made me his his own. And this is the unshakable faith that is being spoken of here in Hebrews chapter 12. And it's the the unshakable faith that I want you to see this morning as well. So with that in mind, stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look at verses 25 through 29 together. God's Word says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we, ha- we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. You may be seated. So the first thing we see here is a stern warning. Now if you go back just a little bit here in chapter 12 of Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews has just contrasted the difference between Mount Sinai representing the law and Mount Zion representing grace. Israel had been given every opportunity to correct themselves and align with God's standard and yet at every turn they chose rebellion. From the very beginning, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and He created this amazing beautiful garden for Adam and Eve, the first man and the first woman. He created this beautiful place and he said you can you can enjoy all of this you can eat of every tree other than the one the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil I don't want you to eat the fruit of that tree so what did we choose to do we ate immediately the, the first rule okay let's make sure we break it as quickly as possible that was the nature of Israel do not kill Cain picks up a rock and goes and kills his brother Abel out of jealousy. We see that generations passed and people just went from bad to worse. The evil continued to increase. And so God comes to Noah and he says, I want you to warn the people that I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to give you the exact details of how to build this ark, but I want you to warn the people that I'm going to send a flood and they need to repent. They need to repent of their sin. And for 120 years, Noah built that ark. For 120 years, Noah warned the people, and they called him a fool. They saw him as some crazy person. What are you talking about, Noah? We're in in the middle of a place where there's no water. And what, what is rain? What are you even talking about? What are you talking about water coming from the sky? You're a crazy man. There's not going to be some flood. We're not anywhere close to a water source. Shut up, old man. You don't know what you're talking about. To the place where after 120 years, only Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives were the only ones who were saved from that flood inside of the ark. Because they would not repent. They would not listen. We think about the wilderness wandering for 40 years. Unbelief kept the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years when they could have gone directly into the promised land. But for 40 years they stayed there so that entire generation that had rebelled against God died. And then they finally enter into the promised land. They get into the promised land and they say, you know what we want? We want a king, just like all the other nations. God says, I am your king. They said, no, we don't want you. We want a man to rule over us. And so as soon as as they had these kings to rule over them, the people rebelled against God. And that rebellion led to exile from the promised land. Israel, although given every opportunity to keep the law, failed to live righteously. The law was never meant to harm us, though. The law has always been placed before us to protect us from the dangers of sin. And we are told to heed the warning. The law is placed there that we might heed that warning. When I was a kid, I've told you in the past, I grew up in Murray and I grew up at a church plant called Westside Baptist Church. And that church for the first 10 years of its existence uh, met in the old, uh, student union, the old Baptist Student Union building on the campus of Murray State University. Now, uh, when I say the old Baptist Student Union building, I want to accent the word old. Uh, The building was old, and it needed some work, and uh, it had some issues, and it had to be retrofitted uh, for a church to meet in it. And so the downstairs basement was where a lot of the kids' classes were at. And so that downstairs basement, for one thing, if it came more than about two inches of rain, it was going to flood. And and so you just had to be ready for that. So you needed some good galoshes if you were going to be in any of those Sunday school classes. But also, um, in order to make Sunday school rooms, they had taken two-by-fours and basically just placed uh, wood paneling on them to make walls. And then there were some very light doors placed on those walls to, to create rooms. Well, those doors would slam pretty easily. And so there were warnings on the doors for us not to, as kids, run around and slam those doors for fear that somebody would get hurt. But I would also been told by my parents to be careful, to not run around and to not get too wild, and to be careful because somebody could get hurt in those doors. They just closed so fast. And and, and the fear was that someone uh, would be hurt if we ran around and didn't heed those warnings. Well, So what did I choose to do? I ran around. Uh, So one night had an opportunity to play chase in the basement. And so we were playing chase, and and as I rounded a corner, I thought the best thing to do is the little girl chasing me is not going to get to me because I'm going to shut this door before she gets to me. So as I'm rounding the corner, I slam that door behind me, and I hear a blood-curdling scream. You know what I did. She had put her hand to make it around that corner into the hinge of that door, and I had slammed it full force on her four little fingers. She screamed and screamed and screamed. you know why? Because all four of those fingers were broken. So I had been warned on the signs. I had been warned by my parents. And that night, I got to experience the definition of justice from my dad. My dad, his parenting style was grace and mercy. But because I had chosen to push away, to not heed the warnings... From the signs and from him and my mom i experienced justice because i paid no attention to the rules that were placed there to protect myself and those around me because of israel's inability to follow the law god sent his son now we have far more than israel had in the law we have been given the very son of god to show us the way of grace however if we refuse a relationship with Christ, we can be sure that there will be no further offering for our salvation. We will experience what? Justice. Look back at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 28 through 29. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. So what is being said here in very clear language, we're being warned that if we refuse to humble ourselves before God, if we refuse to to come in repentance and trust in him by faith, there is truly no hope for us. There is only judgment. But secondly, we see here a sure salvation. A sure salvation. When your world shakes, as is spoken of here, what remains? When your world shakes, what remains? That's the question that all of us need to be able to answer before we leave this place here this morning. The shaking that is spoken of here is all that is physical in nature. When, when, that, when that is removed then when that is taken away, what remains? We build our lives on many things. Many things that can be shaken and destroyed. In fact, Jesus spoke a parable of that nature in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24-27, through 27, when he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will lock in him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now when we think about that, sand is unstable by nature. And sand crumbles when shaken. On our vacation this past summer, Liz, Kate, and Levi spent a great amount of time trying to build an, an impressive sand structure. I'm going to say structure. They wanted it to be a castle, um, but the sand was, was very light, and it kept falling apart. In fact, Levi at one point said, Dad, this stuff is useless to build with because it just, it just falls apart. It's useless to build with because it just falls apart. And that's the nature of sand. And sadly, we often spend our lives building on a foundation of sand that crumbles when it is shaken. We invest everything in a career that can be gone in an instant when the company leaves town or the economy turns south not allowing them to keep us on any longer. We invest in houses and cars and boats and motorcycles and other toys that can be gone in an instant of a fire or a flood and then it's all gone. We invest in superficial relationships with those who turn and run at the very first sign of trouble. And sadly, we invest oftentimes in religion that is built on works and our own goodness. And if it's built on you and what you can do, then it too will crumble when shaken. Those things which cannot be shaken though, those things which cannot be taken away, that is what will remain. And I'm thankful to say this morning that my life this past year has been shaken. It's been shaken and the rock that it is built upon has stood firm. Now what am I saying? Well, that rock that I'm speaking of is not my family. Even though I have been blessed with an amazing family. And that rock I'm speaking of it is not my pastorate. Even though I am blessed to pastor an amazing church family. And that rock I'm speaking of is not my possessions even though I've been blessed far more than I deserve. But the ground all around me began to shake this past year. And it did, in, in many different ways. But the ground beneath my feet, the ground beneath my feet stood firm because my rock is the rock of ages. Romans chapter 9, verse 33 says, As is it written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. But listen, And whosoever believeth on me shall not be ashamed. I have felt the truth of the writer's words, that though the world around me may speak of me as a fool because of my faith, I know from personal experience that my Savior is my rock, and that He will never falter, and that He will never fail. He remains. And therefore, we must invest our life in that which cannot and will not be shaken, and that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we know that only the gospel will remain, then why? Why do we invest all of our time and all of our energy and all of our resources in such temporary treasures of this world? When you invest in those things, they can crumble and they can fall away. But when you invest in winning the loss to Christ, then you have a crown that cannot be taken away. In fact, this is referred to in Scripture as the soul winner's crown, and it will endure forever. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 also speaks of this crown. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. This is the substantial material of which to build a life that will endure the shaking that is to come. This is that which will remain when all else is taken away. But then lastly, I want you to see, we're shown here a sincere gratitude. So in light of our great salvation, what is our proper response to God? Our proper response to Him is worship. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have been rescued out of a life of condemnation under the law. Notice here that the writer says, Mount Sinai led to death if you transgressed the law then the penalty for that was death physical death only Mount Zion offers life and that life can be yours in Christ so don't return to something lesser than Jesus because it will lead you to a life of destruction and the writer here then closes with the the fact that God is a consuming fire. To transgress the law led to physical death. However, to reject the grace of God through Christ, we're told, leads to eternal damnation. And so, I wonder going back to that idea of, uh, of, of traffic and, and, and police officers, have you ever been pulled over by an officer? And after being pulled over, you were simply given a warning and allowed to go on your way. Did you not feel a great sense of relief and a great sense of gratitude towards what had just happened? I mean, think of your gratitude because you likely knew if you were like me, you likely knew you were guilty. He didn't pull me over for no reason. I might tell people that, but no, I was guilty. I knew I deserved it. He pulled you over because you had transgressed some law, you had broken some law, and that's the reason you'd been pulled over. And so you're thankful to not have to go through the hassle now uh, of traffic court and of traffic school, to not have to pay the cost of that ticket, the the cost of court cost, or to to lose your driver's license. Because let's be honest, to lose your driver's license is to lose your freedom. And you're thankful that those things didn't take place, that that he gave you some mercy and he allowed, allowed you to go on your way. But take that a step further and imagine that you did receive the ticket. You're found guilty of breaking the law, but not just one law. You're you're found guilty of of transgressing many. And because of that, you are justly sentenced to, to, to jail time for the egregious way that you have transgressed so many laws over such a great period of time. So getting back to that police officer. So that police officer walks into the courtroom. And he tells the judge that he will be serving your sentence that you will go free why because you have a personal relationship with that officer well the judge accepts the officer's offer and you do go free and that officer pays your debt now think of what you would owe that officer he would deserve more than just your thanks he would deserve You're living a life worthy of the sacrifice that he has made. But if he had something that he wanted you to accomplish, then you would most likely be more willing to work at accomplishing that task because of your great gratitude towards the sacrifice that he made on your behalf. Jesus rescued us from more than jail time. Jesus has rescued us from death itself. Jesus steps in. He steps in when you're sentenced to eternal death, and he he takes your punishment. And so what is your response to him this morning? What is your response to him in light of what he has done? Have you ever accepted him, first of all? He has made this sacrifice, but have you even had the gratitude enough to accept what he has done for you? To accept the free offer of salvation on your behalf? Have you ever repented of your sin? Have you ever asked Jesus to take control of your life? If not, today is the day of salvation. Come to Him. If not, this morning, if you're at at home, come to Him. Let let us know. We'll be happy to, to counsel with you. You come to Him today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's the first step. But if you do have a relationship with Christ, have you been living a life of giving thanks for Him saving you? Have you been faithful to His call on your life? To make disciples, to do what he's called you to do. In light of all that he's done for you, have you been faithful for what he has commissioned you to do? Is your life clearly built upon that which is unshakable? Maybe this morning you need to make this your church home. You need to say, you know what, Lord, I'm thankful for for the church that that you've allowed me to, to worship with, but now I need to make this my home. Maybe you feel the call of God on your life and you want to respond to him this morning. But maybe you do feel that call that the Lord's saying, you know what, you're not not saved. You don't have a relationship with me. Maybe you need to get that straight this morning before we leave this place. I am so thankful for the relationship that I have with Christ. I'm so thankful that, that when my life is shaken, that the sure rock that I stand upon stands firm. Can you have that testimony this morning? If not, the answer is you can. But you must come to Jesus. You must repent of your sins. You must say yes to him. Would you do that this morning? Lord, have you, Father, we come to you this morning, and I thank you. I thank you for that which is unshakable. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for your love. And this morning, I know that we've got some friends here today that don't yet know you as Savior and as Lord, and I pray that this morning we might be able to celebrate them coming to know you, and Lord, that we might be able to give you thanks for their salvation as well. But, Lord, I also recognize there are many of us who do have a relationship with you. But, Lord, maybe we haven't been living in light of thankfulness. Lord, maybe we've been taking some things for granted. Lord, help that to end today. Lord, help us to be obedient to whatever the call in our life that you've placed there is. Lord, whatever whatever you're calling us to, let the answer be yes. Lord. Lord, maybe you're calling some folks to... The Christian service, Lord, maybe you're calling some folks to a specific ministry here in this church, but Lord, whatever it is, help us to be obedient to you today. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.